Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's so good to see y'all. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here at Horizon Church, and I am so, so excited to see all of you here and celebrate the greatest truth that's ever been told, that Christ the Lord is risen and there is new life possible for every single one of us. Before I miss the opportunity to invite you back next week, I want to take a moment right now and let you know that I am super pumped about our next message series. It's called Don't Settle. I don't know about you all, but there are so many times in my life where I find myself settling for less than I deserve. And we are going to look through the book of 2 Timothy in the Bible, and we are going to hear how God is ready for you to stop Settling. God is going to be really clear. Don't settle for less than what I have for you. So I hope you'll join me next week. You'll stop settling and you'll hear what it is God wants to say to each of you. As I begin this morning, I want to ask you a question. Okay, I want to ask you a question. I want you to really think about it. Have you ever looked at something in your life or in our world? Have you ever looked at it and you thought, unless there is some miraculous breakthrough, this is it. Unless there is some miraculous breakthrough, this is it. What I'm looking at in my life or in our world, this is it. Has anybody ever looked at something and you've thought that? This is it. Except for a miraculous breakthrough, this is it. On Friday, February the 25th, 2022, just a few months ago, I had this exact same thought. See, Horizon Church has been looking for a home for a long time. Our 2022 vision was to heal. God asked us to be a part of healing in this community. H-E-A-L. Each letter stands for something, and the H was home. We knew that as a church, called together as the people of God to offer healing to our community and to the world, we needed a place to call home. And so we began looking at spaces, and on February the 25th, 2022, Friday, a Friday afternoon, a Friday morning, we went to look at the one available space in South Tampa that our church could afford to lease. It was a building in literally the middle of nowhere, South Tampa. I know y'all are like, have you been in South Tampa, Erica? There are houses everywhere. There is no middle of nowhere in South Tampa. I, I know, but you got to believe me, there's no way y'all could find this place. I was like lost in the middle of South Tampa. So we pull in to one of the four parking spaces that are at this building. And I was like, dear God, even before I got out of the car, dear God, I pray that your vision for our church is going to include more than the 12 people who will come in the four cars that can park in this parking space, these four parking spaces. So I got out of the car, me and Chris get out of the car, and we take a tour of this place. The guy says, I hear you want to rent this space for a, for a church. Let me show you what I have. And so we go in to the, this building. It's this warehouse kind of building, and there is this beautiful open room. We could have created quite a, quite a worship space there. I was sitting there and I imagined worshiping God in this space with all of you. And then I said, sir, you, you knew we needed a kid's space. Do you mind taking me to the place that you think could work 
as the kids space. And so we walked through a little door and we walked to this room that has this big open room where the kids could gather to worship God before they go into their classrooms to learn about stuff. And then he shows me the three rooms that we can use for classrooms. They had this big, huge metal door and this big locking thing because they, they need to seal off air because they're coolers. It's a tomato packing warehouse. And he was like, it's 64 degrees year round. Isn't that perfect for kids? And I'm like, I can't lock kids in a cooler to teach them about Jesus. That's not a good look. <laughs> that is not a good look for our church. <laughs> so I was like, this is not going to work. So Chris and I walk out and I was like, there are four parking spaces and the kids are going to learn about Jesus in coolers. Like, this is not the space for us. And so one other guy has been helping us look for our home. And he gets there a few minutes late. We've already taken the tour. And so we're going to take a second tour of the space. And I'm, I'm literally in the parking lot with Casey and Chris and I'm praying, God, please let this space change in the amount of time that we're going to go and take this second tour. So same thing happens. We walk in with Casey. We see this big, open, beautiful room that can be used for worship. We're super, he's like, this, we could make this work. And I was like, all right, can you show us the kids' space? I'm praying that these refrigerator doors have fallen off the cooler at this point. They have not. We walk in, and Casey immediately is like, yeah, this isn't going to work. I think you could tell by my face. I was like, we are not doing this. And so we walk out into the parking lot, and me and him and Chris are standing there. And Chris looks at me and, and Casey, and he says, um, so I know this space isn't going to work. I know it was the only space that we could find available in South Tampa. But I need to let you know, like, urgency's kind of picked up a little bit. I got an email two days ago. I'm married to the co-pastor here, Chris. He lives in my house. I got an email two days ago from Wilson Middle School, and we can't meet there past the end of May because the school's undergoing extensive renovations and no one's allowed in there over the summer. I live with Chris, and for two days he's kept this a secret from me. I went and got in the car because I couldn't handle it anymore. I was like, God, you have got to do something except for a miraculous breakthrough. We are in trouble at Horizon Church. And for two days, I worried about what would come next. In fact, on Sunday morning, I stood right here in this exact place, and I looked at your beautiful faces, giving each other high fives, and excited about the work of God that we get to do in this community, excited about the hope and possibility and the movement that God has created in this space. I stood right here excited about that, but I looked out at you and I said, there might not be many more Sundays for this. Except for a miraculous breakthrough, this might be it. And as you left, I, I did that awkward hug where I hold on to you just a little too long because I didn't want you to go. I didn't know how much longer we could do this, and there was literally nowhere for us to go. I'm going to bet. I'm not a betting person, but I'm going to bet there are people in these seats who have looked at something in your life and you felt the exact same way that I felt on that Sunday morning standing up here. Except for a miraculous breakthrough, this is it. And you found yourself holding on to the people you love just a little tighter. You found yourself, you found yourself knowing and believing it, that the only way that things could move forward was for there to be some kind a miraculous breakthrough. I need to tell you that the way that that feels is exactly, that is exactly how Mary and Mary Magdalene go to the tomb of Jesus after he's, after he's died and been crucified on the cross. Three days later, they go to the, to the tomb of Jesus, scared to death 
about what they will find there, worried and nervous, longing for things just to be okay, wanting nothing more than to hold on to Jesus for just a little bit longer. Their hopes and their dreams of this world that Jesus had promised them had been completely dashed and gone away. Jesus had died. And they go to the tomb just like so many of us have felt, barring a miraculous breakthrough. This is it. It's over. And I want you all to read what our God did. Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. After the Sabbath at dawn, a new light started to shine, y'all. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they went to look at the tomb where Jesus was buried. There was a violent earthquake. The earth and the ground shook around them, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, he rolled back the stone that was in front of the tomb, and he sat on top of it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. For you Florida people, this is white precipitation that follow, falls from the ground, and it's beautiful and white, and it stays on the ground. You might not know what it is. That's what snow is. His, this angel was white as snow. The guards were so afraid of this angel. These Roman guards in all of this stuff, they have like shin guards and shields and these metal plates and helmets and swords and these sandals that are perfectly created to, to handle the terrain. People who had guarded themselves against everything in the world, these guards were so afraid of this angel sitting on top of a stone that they shook and they became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, they said to Mary and Mary Magdalene, who thought the end was there and there was no hope for moving forward. This is what the angel said to him. Do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come, come and see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid. They were still scared, but yet filled with joy. If you're here this morning afraid, I want you to know our God can still fill you with joy. Because this is what they do. Then they ran and they told his disciples... They ran to tell the disciples, and then Jesus, on their way there, suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, Jesus said. They came to him. They clasped his feet, and they worshipped him, just like we've done this morning. They worshipped him. And this is what Jesus said to him, to the women. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers and sisters to go to Galilee there they will see me. This is what God does when we think the end is here. Through Jesus Christ, God breaks through. The end is not the end. The desperation and the hopelessness and the lack of all ways of moving forward, that is no longer the end of the story. 
Jesus breaks through and creates something new. There are people in this room this morning ready for a breakthrough. There are people in this room ready for a breakthrough. And I want us to look this morning at the resurrection of Jesus so we know how to step into the breakthrough God has for us through Jesus. Mary and Mary Magdalene went to the tomb to look at the tomb. What is it that you're looking at this morning that feels like it holds all power in your life? Is it addiction? Is it your financial trouble? Is it grief and pain that you just can't heal from? Is it shame from, from things you've done your whole life that you think nobody could ever love you again? Is it a, is it a dead-end job? What is it this morning that you are looking at? Is it your marriage? Is it, what is it? What is it? Is it the government and the way legislation is run right now? What is it that you are looking at and you're like, this is the end. You're looking at it and you think it has, it has all the power. Mary and Mary Magdalene go to look at a tomb. The ultimate symbol of the end. The ultimate symbol of death and there's no way forward. They go to look at that. And Jesus breaks through and they see the tomb for what it really is, a hole in a rock that cannot hold death any longer because Jesus has broke through. And Jesus didn't just do that 2,000 years ago. Whatever it is that you are looking at, God is ready to break through in Jesus so you can see the real power that it holds. That addiction, it doesn't hold more power than what God can do to recover you. That, that, marriage, that storm your marriage is going through that you think this is the end and we can't get through it, it does not have more power than what God can do. Those financial troubles, you're like, this is it. I don't know how we're going to make it anymore. It does not have more power than what God can do through God's generous people and God's generous heart. Because this is the story of God. When we go looking at things, through Jesus Christ, God breaks through so we can see things for what they really are. It doesn't hold, that thing you're looking at doesn't hold as much power as you think it does. See, these women, the, one of the first things they do is they're looking at the tomb. The ground starts to shake around them. Those of you ready for a breakthrough, it's probably, you're like, I know I'm ready for a breakthrough because the ground I'm standing on is shaky. These women had followed Jesus for three years. They knew what he taught. If we pray the right way, this, Jesus will be with us forever and build this kingdom he's promised. If we care for the sick and the, and the hungry, if we just do what God has told us to do, then, then God's going to do something new through Jesus. And they thought, they stood on the shaky ground that they thought Jesus had to be right there with them in the exact same way he had been all of his life. They were standing on shaky ground. And Jesus broke through that shaky ground and created new ground. What is that shaky ground you're standing on? Do you think your finances, your job, the right relationship, you're just doing everything right and getting, getting you know, the right amount of praise, is that the shaky ground that you're standing on? If this can just give me the certainty that I need in my life, it will all be fine. God took that shaky ground and through Jesus Christ he broke new ground. I was raised in the country and my favorite day was spring when my grandpa would plow the garden 
to plant new things, when he broke new ground, when what had hid underneath the seasons of, of, of darkness and, and, and all of that stuff, when it had been turned over and shown to the light of day, that new ground was fertile and ready for new things to grow. Jesus Christ is doing that work in the shaky ground of your life. Jesus breaks new ground. Things were completely different for those women. You thought, Jesus said, you thought I had to be right here. Don't be afraid. I don't have to be the exact way you thought I had to be for the kingdom of God to be built. There is new ground, and you get to walk on it. What shaky ground in your life needs Jesus to break through to create new ground? Do not be afraid. The angel tells the women that, and then Jesus looks at Mary and Mary Magdalene and looks them right in the face and says, Do not be afraid. When you are standing on the brink of a breakthrough, you will have paralyzing fear like you have never had before. Some of you right now in this room are like, I know what's keeping me from the breakthrough that I need in my life. It is fear. I am shaken in this seat right now because I am scared. There is fear present before a breakthrough. And then Jesus breaks through with hope and possibility. Because staying the same, staying exactly the way things were, were, even if it's scary, giving fear all the power in your life, that doesn't. Through Jesus Christ, that's not what's going to break through. Jesus breaks through and says hope and possibility has more fear, has, has more power than fear. Hope and possibility have more power than fear. That's what happens when Jesus breaks through. It doesn't say, Jesus, destroy fear forever. It doesn't say that the women didn't have any fear. They had to keep being told, do not be afraid, do not be afraid, do not be afraid. In the middle of your breakthrough, you're still going to be scared. But Jesus said, fear is not more powerful than the hope and possibility of the new things that I am doing. What is it that you're scared and trembling of? There is more power in hope and possibility because Jesus has broke through. I've read this Easter story 34 years in a row. 34 Easter Sundays, I've heard this story. For the first time, I paid attention to the Roman soldiers. Soldiers who had packed every bit of armor they could find on their body to protect them from whatever it was God was going to do through this guy who claimed to be the king. Whatever God is going to do through Jesus, we are scared of it, and we're going to bring our sword and our helmet and all our protective gear, and we are going to protect the world from what it is that God is going to do. And women, Mary and Mary Magdalene, show up in just their clothes. No swords, no protection, no nothing. They just show up. And you know who was like dead men, frozen in their fear, stuck in, in place when God came with good news through the angel and through Jesus? The Roman soldiers, the Bible tells us they stood there and shook like dead men. They were unable to move or unable to do anything. And the women who came there, clinging and begging for God's promise through the resurrection to be true, they left with hope and urgency and conviction to tell the greatest news ever that there is hope and possibility Jesus is risen. Some of you this morning would rather stay stuck right where you are 
than to have the breakthrough that Jesus has for you, and that is to chase your purpose through God with urgency and conviction. I live in this world. There has never, ever been a time, ever, never has there been a time where urgency and conviction for you to live out the purpose and build the new thing that God wants to do in this place, the urgency and conviction which is needed is now. Let God break through in Jesus and just start living your purpose through God with urgency and conviction. Don't be like those soldiers standing there in stalemate. They had every reason to worry. They had no job the next morning. They do, the one thing they were told to do, guard the tomb and make sure nothing happens, the one thing they were told to do they couldn't do. They had no idea what was next. But instead of chasing their purpose, instead of chasing the good thing that God is doing out ahead of us through Jesus like the women, they stood there like dead men. Don't miss your breakthrough being stuck where you are. Jesus is at work out ahead of us. Jesus is at work out ahead of us. On Sunday afternoons, after I stood up here and hugged all of you and, and prayed to God, God, these people are on fire for you. They want to share your good news. They want to shine your light and ignite your change in the world. God, please break through. On Sunday afternoon, Chris is scrolling through Instagram, and he says, Erica, the Panorama Bowling Alley on the corner of Del Mabry and Gandy is for sale, and our church can't afford it. And I said, you think bowling church is a possibility God has for our church for home? And he's like, I don't know. So the three of us got on a text message, me and Casey and Chris, and we started texting about what bowling church could look like. What would it look like for a church? Six and a half days, seven days, Let's do all seven. Seven days a week to be invested and involved in our community. People in and out our doors, having fun, gathering, building community. What does it look like for us to share breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough with people in a bowling alley? And so on Monday morning, we put in an offer to buy the Panorama Bowling Alley on the busiest intersection in South Tampa, the corner of Del Mabry and Gandy. And I thought when we turned it in, y'all, I read about God's promises every single day of my life. I pray for them. I stand up here and I tell you about them. I beg you to cling to them. And I didn't know if I could cling to God's promise, that there might be a home for Horizon Church to offer the light and change of God to people. We put an offer in on Monday morning. And four days later, me and God are still talking about four days because I... I, I New promises happen in three days. Four days later, Panorama accepted our offer, and we are headed to a home to offer healing and light and change. Because God, yes, go God. There is a place for hope and possibility to come alive. And on that platform in the bowling alley, I'm going to stand there and I'm going to tell the stories that God's done for four years in this church. I'm going to tell about people who are sitting in these seats right now who thought your marriage was at the end and there was no way it was going to move forward. And somehow God broke through that storm and restored marriage and there is new life and hope and possibility. I'm going to tell stories about some of you who came to me and said, I think this addiction has 
more power in my life than anything else. And you clung to the promise that God was more powerful than it. And there's, it took some work. It took some stuff. But God was more powerful than your addiction. And there was a breakthrough. We are going to tell story after story after story about that. And we are going to have a space. We're going to have classrooms for kids to hear about the purpose that God has for their lives to shine light and ignite change. We are going to tell them about the promises that God has over their lives. And we're going to tell them that louder than the world tells them what they are created for. Amen. Hope and possibility. And the other six and a half days a week, people are going to bowl and they're going to wonder, what is it? What is it that God is doing in this place? And we are going to tell God what we know to be true. God is doing a new thing. He is breaking through the impossible to create new possibilities and new dreams. What is it that you are looking at this morning? What is it that you are looking at that thinks it has all the power in your life? And it's really just a hole in a rock that is not more powerful than God. God is ready to break through that in Jesus. But your breakthrough, the breakthrough God has for you isn't just for you. I want you to read with me Matthew chapter 28, the last thing that happens in this, in this, in this story. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, just like we did. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But listen, some doubted. Some of you are sitting here and you're like, I doubt that God can, can break through this. Some doubted. And Jesus came to them and this is what he said. All authority, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All power. That thing that you think is more powerful, it's been, it's been given to me. I hold the power. Therefore, go. Go with urgency and conviction and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. There is a world desperate for you to roll up your sleeves and participate in the breakthroughs Jesus has for this community. There are hungry people who need to be fed. There are kids who need to be supported. At Cher Monte Elementary School, a Title I elementary school right here in South Tampa, we have 25, 27 volunteers. Can we have 30 by the time we end Easter today? We have 30 volunteers who go and sit with kids who say, I don't know. In fifth grade, they don't know what, it, what hope and possibility look like. And we say, there's a new way. God's making new ground. Jesus says, go. Go. Be a part of the breakthroughs that I'm a part of in the world. Don't keep your breakthrough for yourself. Go and be a part of it in the world. There may be breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough because surely, Jesus says, these are the words of Jesus, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus is with us always for breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. Here's the deal. All of us in here in our chest has a beating heart. You're all alive. You all have a beating heart in your chest. Jesus looked at these disciples, some of whom their heart was beating really fast because they were scared and fearful of what was next. 
some of them who were doubting, their heart was beating a little slower and they were just kind of worried and sad and depressed. Jesus looked at those folks with beating hearts in their chest, just like you. Some of you scared, some of you excited, some of you sad. God looked at people just like us with beating hearts in their chest and he says, go, go and tell the world about this breakthrough. Let me break through your beating heart and let me give you a burning heart. This world has never been in need of people who believe with their beating hearts that Jesus has a breakthrough and who with burning hearts share it with a world desperate for it. It is time. Right now, this Easter morning, 2022, don't wait till after Easter brunch. Don't wait till next week to try us again. Right now, this morning, God has a breakthrough for you through Jesus Christ. Let him take your beating heart and turn it into a burning heart. A heart that burns for the kingdom of God to be built here. For people to be restored and renewed and healed like they've never been restored or renewed or healed before. Don't let the breakthrough stop here this morning. Let God break through your beating heart and turn it into a burning heart. A heart burning for the love of Jesus and for this community to be made new. Some of you, some of you here this morning have never ever given your beating heart to Jesus for it to become a burning heart. Do it this morning. Let Jesus do that work in you this morning. Some of you have been doing this church thing for 20 years and you have a beating heart. You used to have a burning heart. Things used to be excited, but it's been a while since it was beating wildly, for burning wildly for the things God wants to do. Let this be the morning that God breaks through and gives you a burning heart again. And some of you came in the doors this morning with a heart burning for this message and ready to share it with the world, let God use you. Because God is at work through Jesus out ahead of us. There is hope and possibility. There are new things to see. There are, there are new ways, there's new ground to walk on. And there's an urgency and conviction with which we need to do this. Let this let this be the morning that your beating heart turns into a burning heart. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for Jesus who gives us new possibilities and new hope and new life. We pray, God, over the hearts that are beating in this room that you'll make them burn for you and for your goodness. That your justice and your peace and your mercy and, and your kingdom, God, will be built here through these people and their burning hearts. We pray for the community, God, the community full of people with beating hearts, ready to have burning hearts to work for something bigger and, and, and more restoring and more renewing than what we're currently working for. And we pray, God, you'll use us to help be a part of that movement. Make us new this morning. And thank you, God, for the hope and possibility that all things are new. And let us never, ever forget the promise that you are with us 
no matter what our heart's doing right now, you are with us always until the end of the age. Whisper that promise over us in a real way this morning. Amen.